What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first installment of The Dime. For the whole duration of the NBA playoffs, I will be bringing you my fresh, hot takes and consistent flow of new guests from the sports media and music industries. Now, look, I'm going to have fun on this podcast. There is no doubt you will hear debate, analysis, and substantive discussion about the NBA. But if you know me, then you know I'm pretty goofy and silly, and there will be moments that reflect that. So get used to it. Sit back. Put on your headphones, whatever you're doing right now, and enjoy the dime. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. Subscribe on iTunes or listen every week on thedimepodcast.com. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. All right, everybody, welcome to the first episode of The Dime. You can follow us on Twitter at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on iTunes and please leave a comment or review saying how much you love this podcast, even though you've never heard it before. And this is the first seconds of the installment. I'm sure you're going to love it either way. Call to the Dime Hotline. Leave a question or comment to be aired on the show. The number is 805-826-3463. That's 805-826-3463. And I'm going to be introducing to you the first guest of the Dime Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. He is a writer and editor for ESPN, a dope follow on Twitter, and has a mean sneaker game. Please welcome the first guest of the Dime Yovan Buha. Did I get that correct? Yes, sir. Let's fucking go. <laughs> All right. Welcome, man. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for being here. I, I met you about a couple of months ago through a, a mutual friend uh, who I'm very grateful, Danny Golub, who works for Yahoo. And you work for ESPN. What's that like? It's awesome, man. It's a dream yeah. come true. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty freaking jealous of you, but that's all. You go to Laker games. You do you cover the Lakers? Is it Lakers uh, and Clippers? Lakers and Clippers. Yeah. So Lakers and Clippers. He covers the Lakers and Clippers. He writes for ESPN, and just told me that he's going to be taking on a bigger role. I, mean, I don't know if you can talk about it on air, but if you would like to discuss what you would be doing, or is that kind of confidential right well, now? It was about like a month and a half ago. I switched roles, um, and, and now I'm. I went from the live content team to the NBA team. So. Uh, doing more NBA stuff, uh, have, have a little bit of a bigger role, and cool. um, I'm pretty excited about it, and it's been fun. So just gearing up for the playoffs, it's about to be crazy. Nice, man. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's dive right into it. I mean, I this is going to be a podcast where it's going to be free-flowing. I don't, I'm going to have a little bit of structure, but if a, conversa- a conversation takes us one place, I'm going to go there. I'm not going to just steer away just because I have a set schedule, and our set schedule today is going to be the playoffs, obviously. They start on Saturday. I want to start in the West just because I feel like the West is a little more entertaining. And Rockets-Timberwolves, usually the 1-8 matchup isn't that exciting, but the Timberwolves aren't your typical 8 seed. Now, I don't have them winning the series by any means, but do you think they can give the Rockets a run at least? Yeah, yeah. And I think without uh, Luke Mavamute, who just dis- re-dislocated his right shoulder, uh, I-, I think he's the best uh, perimeter defender on the Rockets. Uh, I think he's really integral to what they do. Uh, and I think with him out, you know, they're going to put Trevor Reza, P.J. Tucker on, on Jimmy Butler. But I think Jimmy Buck- Butler is going to be a big problem for them. And uh, it would not surprise me if the Timberwolves push this to seven. Seven? That, that's not my prediction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think the Timberwolves have, like, you know, people forget the Timberwolves were in the 4-5 with the Thunder yeah. uh, right before Jimmy Butler got injured. So Jimmy Butler got injured. Uh, their, their plus minus with Jimmy Butler was pretty bad when he was off the court. So... You know, like if they didn't have Jimmy Butler on this team, this is not a playoff team. So they really missed him. They obviously dropped from the four down to to eight, almost missing the playoffs, having yeah. that crazy playing game yesterday. Uh, so with, with Jimmy Butler back, this is really like a four seed. So 
you know, this is almost like a second round matchup for the Rockets right, in right. the first round. And to not have your best perimeter defender, uh, in my opinion, uh, is a pretty big blow for them. So I, I think ultimately the Rockets are just so good offensively and the Timberwolves are so inconsistent defensively that it kind of plays out where I think the Rockets just have too much talent. But, uh, you know, it would not surprise. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of close games. Like, my official prediction is Rockets in five. Yeah. But I, I could see it being like two or three games come down to the last two or three minutes and the Rockets just have too much firepower. So kind of like the series last year with the Rockets and the Thunder, where it was a five-game series, but it was as yeah. close as a five-game series as you could possibly Yeah, have. And, and we didn't even mention Carl Anthony Towns. Like, yeah. he's going to be a problem for the Rockets, too. Uh, but but at the same time, I think the Rockets, just the way they spread you out, they have so many shooters. Uh, I don't think the Timberwolves are good enough or uh, disciplined enough defensively to really contain them, and I, I think the Rockets are going to put up a bunch of points. I'm still not used to a Tom Thibodeau team being this bad defensively. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. I and mean, you figure that's the one thing that they would be able to hang their hat on is defense, yeah. and they can't, they're literally, I think they're last or second to last in field goal percentage. Well, it, it helps when you actually sign guys uh, on your bench that can play defense, yeah. which the Timberwolves <laughs> haven't really done. So, uh, you know, p- part of that is on Thibodeau for, for how he's managed the team as, you know, the president and coach. Uh, but yeah, th- this team doesn't have a lot of, I mean, it's a typical Thibodeau team where they don't have a lot of depth. They're going to play set. They're probably going to play seven guys in the playoffs, yeah. uh, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, I-, I think the Timberwolves offensively can probably keep up with the Rockets. Just when it's crunch time, when they got to get those stops, I-, I don't think they could do it. Yeah. I'm also a big believer in that math. It's like the Rockets going to shoot a ton of threes and the yeah. Timberwolves just don't shoot that many yeah. threes. Uh, yeah. And totally. they, even though the Timberwolves, I don't, I don't think their offense is that bad. They run a lot of pick and roll stuff for Carl Anthony Towns. I, I like dribble handoff type of stuff, but they don't hit the three enough to even keep up with the Rockets. So I'm with you that it's going to be Rockets in five, but I'm not really sure if they're going to be that close. I don't think the games are going to be that close, to be honest with you. I, well, I see yeah, it being I mean, like, you know, some of the games where it's like, oh, it's a seven point game in the fourth quarter and the Rockets kind of pull away. Something like that. Well, I, I think I think this series is actually going to be good for the Rockets moving forward because, you know, you, you have what, what happened to them last year where they had that disappointing second round matchup with the Spurs. Yeah, uh, they probably should have won that. They had more talent than the Spurs. Uh, and, and then you have Chris Paul's playoff history, which is a little bit checkered. Uh, I think this team needs to be tested, and I think this is going to be a good first-round test for them uh, because I want to see how they react when they get punched in the mouth. Yes. How, how does this team, you know, if they go through the first two rounds winning, uh, you know, like losing one or two games, they go into that Golden State series, like what, 8-1, and 8-2, and two, I think they're going to get punched in the mouth by Golden State, and I think that's kind of too late. Oh, wow. I think they got to get punched in the mouth earlier and, and kind of respond to adversity. Uh, and I think if they could do that in round one or two, I think they'll be much better prepared for that Golden State series because that's going to yeah. be a hell of a series. And that's pretty much the criticism on James Harden right yeah. now is that he can't take a punch in the mouth in the playoffs. I mean, even Dan Tony to a certain yeah. extent in the playoffs as a coach. And then Chris Paul, I think, kind of unfairly gets this reputation of not being clutch or coming through in the playoffs. He's never reached yeah. you know, a conference finals. I don't think it's on him. Well, maybe – you can kind of blame him. I think the Clippers had this one team when they lost to the Rockets that one year. Yeah. Granted, he was hurt during that series, yeah. but I I think he unfairly gets this reputation of not coming through in the playoffs, but they all have that reputation. So I do think you're right in that sense. If they do get punched in the mouth early, it's, it's good for them. I just don't know if the Timberwolves are that team. They would face the winner of the Thunder and Jazz, though, and I think the winner of that series could... That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, too. they could probably yeah. provide that punch. Now, what do you see happening in that series? So I actually thought uh, when, I, when I first saw the series, I actually thought Utah had home court. And oh. I was still picking OKC in six. Uh, but what's weird is now that I know OKC has home court, I almost wanted to pick them in five. 
But but I think it would be, it would be another situation where it's an extremely close series. I just don't know if you can trust Donovan Mitchell to be a closer as a rookie right. in the playoffs against OKC. OKC is one of the best home crowds in the league, especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'd put them right there behind Golden State. Uh, I think this team is built for the playoffs, as we were kind of talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, pregame or pregame, pre <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know, we're not the biggest fans of, oh, of God, some no. of the guys on the Thunder, yeah. but with that said. I think this team is much better suited to play a playoff style of basketball. Uh, they've kind of been this grinded out possession by possession team in the regular season, which doesn't really bode well when you're when you're playing against, you know, just regular season basketball. It's a, it's a more high paced, uh, more higher variance. I think the playoffs, the pace is going to slow down. It's really going to be about talent uh, and kind of extracting talent possession by possession, which you know the Thunder have as much talent really as anyone besides Golden State and, and maybe Houston. Uh, so, so to me, I think OKC is built more for playoff basketball. I think just having Russ, like you probably make the case, Russ and PG are the two best players in the oh, series. Yeah, Ru- Ru- I mean Rudy, Rudy's, Rudy's up there. Rudy's so underrated, man. But, but, but Rudy, he's not you know, than, yeah. offensively, he's, he, at some Limited. point you need a bucket. Yes. And I know it's kind of cliche, and I don't really subscribe to to you know that type of basketball. But, you know, in a, it, when the game's down the last three minutes and it's a two or three possession game, I don't know if the Jazz are going to be able to create offensively enough to, to kind of keep up with OKC. OKC has so many options. Now, they do tend to devolve into just give Russ the ball, let him do whatever yeah. the hell he wants. And, you know, if he's not making his jumper, then, then what? <laughs> it can get ugly. It can get very ugly because sometimes but, uh, they, resort, they don't do it anymore, but, like, give Mel the ball and do whatever yeah, no. he wants. And and, or Paul George, yeah. who, you know, kind of has his own checkered playoff history, I think. Yeah. So I, I think this is going to be a really ugly series. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of, like, 90-85 basketball. Yes. But at the end of the day, I don't know if you can really trust Donovan Mitchell as a rookie. You know, it, it's it's hard. Yeah. Like, he, he's done it in, in the regular season. I just think like that's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie and say get us a bucket because you know they're going to put Paul George on Donovan Mitchell in, in crunch time and that's going to be like Paul George is is probably an all defensive player this season right uh, so you know he's six seven six eight really long arms Donovan Mitchell six three I just think it's it, you know playoff basketball is a much different beast and my official uh, prediction is OKC in seven okay. So I actually changed it from six to seven, even though they have home court, uh, just because I think Quinn Snyder is an amazing coach, and that's that's the big difference here. Like yeah. talent wise, I, I think you you can make a case. Um, you know, two best players in OKC, third maybe third and fourth on, on Utah, but then you, you go down and they have Stephen Adams, Carmelo, more talented than anyone else on Utah uh, besides Gobert and Mitchell. But I, I think the coaching thing is is where you're going to see. Like I, I saw last year with, with, with Clippers, Jazz, Quinn Snyder. You know, coach an amazing series. Uh, the Clippers did lose Blake Griffin, and I think that's ultimately why they lost the series. But Quinn Snyder is amazing at making adjustments. Uh, I think he's, you know, Utah has more depth. They have better coaching. I think he's going to, you know, devise a plan to really kind of make this a very close six or seven game series. I just think at the end of the day, uh, you know, game seven will be in OKC. OKC has more talent, uh, OKC has more offensive firepower. And I think that will simply be too much. But I think this will be, this, I'll say this. I think this is going to be the best series of the first round. Okay. I agree with you. I think it's going seven. And I actually, I'm picking the Jazz. And I don't know if it's because I hate the Thunder that much <laughs> that I'm picking the Jazz. But I do like them defensively. I mean, you talked about the grinded out uh, 
mentality of, of the Thunder, but the Jazz are the same way. I mean, they're the best defensive team in the league yeah. by far. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. And Donovan Mitchell, he is surrounded by veterans. I mean, Ricky Rubio, I, I like him a lot. So I like I like Gobert. I'm gonna say one Joe thing Ingles. though. To to part of part of Utah's defensive identity. Yeah. It's it's you know, bolstered by Gobert. He's the best rim protector in the game. He's yes. gonna be he's probably gonna be the defensive player of the year. Yes. But OKC is so jump shot heavy that you know, like Russ does attack the rim. Paul George is attacking the rim less than he did in Indiana. So I just think like part of part of OKC's ultimate strength is gonna be a lot of mid-range jumpers and, and, and so threes. So that Gobert's not even going to be a factor. That Gobert won't be as big of a factor. Interesting. I, I think, you know, so that's that's where I think it, it's, it might tilt a little bit to, towards OKC. See, but when I think OKC, though, I think a lot of bad shots. Like, I just think listen, they, they, they've steered away from isolation basketball as years went on and things like that, but I, I just think bad basketball. I can't help but think just horrible shots, low-percentage shots. They do play very well at home. I do. I will you know, concede that point, but I think it plays right into the Jazz's hands. And the whole Donovan Mitchell thing, not being able to come through in the clutch, I know that's not what you said, but I'm not really worried about that. Like, Quinn Snyder is a coach, draw up a play. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't understand why teams have to go isolation at the end of the game. Well, I don't... I- I guess I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm simplifying it a little bit. I, yeah. Like on a per possession basis, I think like yes, you can draw up a play and, yeah. and get creative. I just think in the last like two, three, four minutes of a playoff game, it really comes down to who can just get a, a get bucket a sometimes bucket. because get like the defense yeah. is so amplified. You know, the crowds into it, the, the just the atmosphere is so different that sometimes th- plays just break down and it's like. Can you go one on one and just get a bucket? And you just trust like Russ, Russell Westbrook. And you, I mean, you you see it with with the teams that ultimately have been successful the past couple of years. Like the Warriors, KD is probably the best. You know, the best or arguably the best one on one score in the game. Yeah. Like Kevin Durant could get a high percentage shot whenever he wants. He could shoot over anybody basically. Yeah. You saw that against Cleveland. Um. You know, you saw that. In, well, in the Spurs series, Kawhi was out, so it didn't really matter. But like. Kevin Durant is, is a walking bucket. He could get a bucket whenever he wants, you know? So uh, James Harden has been like that until, you know, the kind of the end of series where things kind of clamp yeah. up a bit. Yeah. But same thing with LeBron. Like LeBron, um, you know, the Cavs play their style where they kind of spread the floor, but sometimes it just comes down to LeBron's going one-on-one, he's right. getting to the rim, you're either fouling him or, he's you know, he's making the basket. So... So to me, like, yes, I, I believe in Quentin Snyder. I think he's yeah. going to get very creative, and I think he's going to exploit, uh, you know, OKC's inconsistency. OKC is good defensively, too. I think they are, they're a top-five yeah. defense. Very so, underrated defensively, um, yeah. So, and they miss Andre Robertson, which I think, would, you know, if he was here, that maybe makes the series, like, a, a five-game series because yeah. they, you put him on Mitchell, you let George rest a little bit defensively. Without Robertson, um, you know, that kind of puts a lot more pressure on George, I think, to play two-way basketball, but... Ultimately, I think this is going to be an extremely ugly series. <laughs> yes, it is. Like you said, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be like pulling teeth for these teams to score a lot. But uh, I just think OKC ha- has too much firepower. And it wouldn't surprise me too. you know, sometimes you, you see when a younger team plays a little bit of a more veteran team, the more veteran team gets more calls. So it wouldn't surprise me too if you see situations where Westbrook and George are getting yeah. more calls late game than Donovan Mitchell. That does make sense, um, yeah. You know, not to... You don't want to put it on the refing, but like I, I have noticed that that tends to happen in the playoffs. Yeah, I just think the DNA of the Thunder. Like I said, I I am so anti isolation basketball. No, I'm so, I agree. Like Melo drives me insane, and when you listen to the podcast, you're going to hear me rant about Carmelo Anthony probably every single episode of this podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, Russell Westbrook, yes, he averaged a triple-double, but his assists are a different type of assist. I think we can all agree on that. He doesn't really move the ball around or conduct an offense. And Paul he, George... He stat hunts. Yeah. Paul George is kind of relegated to sitting out on the perimeter, Russell, drive, kick, and then every once in a while he'll, he'll do what he has to do. But I, their offense, to me, is so discombobulated. And yes, they are really talented, but they're not playing a team that is that bad defensively. And I understand what you're saying about Gobert. You know, Gobert is in the middle the Thunder are going to take jump shots. It's not even a matter. I, I just think that a well-coached team like the Jazz can beat a team like the Thunder, and in late-game situations, they're not going to go isolation. I think Quinn Snyder will get creative. They have a couple players who can shoot the ball. Joe Ingles can shoot yeah. the ball. I completely trust him taking a last-second shot if it's a drawn-up play. And I think a lot of coaches go away from that you know, in crunch time, and it drives me insane. It's because it's like, I know you have a star. I know you have a go-to player or someone to go to when you need a bucket, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah. I don't know if you remember no, the game seven of the finals, Cavs and Warriors, the year the Cavs won. The last three minutes, four minutes, were all like isolation yeah. crap basketball, and it just so happened that Kyrie hit the shot. But I don't, like the last five, six possessions were just one-on-one, one-on-one, and it was just the ugliest basketball. And I feel like Quinn Snyder's the coach who's just not going to let that happen. He's just he's not gonna let that happen. He's gonna run plays, he's gonna run offense, sideline out of bounds plays, and just create good looks for his team. I'm not worried about the Jazz in crunch time. You did bring up a good point though about the referees. I didn't think about that. Well, you and know. I think there's two other X factors yeah. that we haven't talked about yet. Uh playoff Steven Adams is a thing. I really like Steven Adams. Uh, yeah. I, I think while I, I don't think he's gonna play Gobert neutral, I think he's gonna get kind of close. At okay. least like counting stats, like points, rebounds, blocks. Um, I, I think he's gonna be up. Like he's an offensive rebounding machine. So you also got to think about if they're you know if if they're designing their offense where they're gonna try and bring Gobert out or make Gobert have mm. to come up to contest. Right. You know Westbrook or Paul George. Stephen Adams is gonna feast on the boards. Like yes. he just moves dudes when he goes you know crashing the glass. Yeah. And then number two, Ricky Rubio. It's his first playoff appearance. I think the Thunder are going to give Ricky Rubio the Roberson treatment, where they just leave him, and it's like you want to shoot threes, yeah. go ahead. Was he low thirties. Yeah, he's you know he's he's been a terrible three point yeah. shooter his whole career. He's gotten better the past couple of years, but I think OKC is going to be like, all right, you shoot your threes. We're gonna you know we're gonna help on Gobert. We're gonna help on Mitchell. We'll help on Ingles when he drives. Like yeah, we're we're not going to pay attention to you, Ricky Rubio. You're going to have to beat us with with your three point shooting. Right. Which maybe he gets hot and, and that swings a game or two, but ultimately yeah, I think that that you know he, he's so streaking, yeah. he's just not a good three point shooter. I think that kind of swings things a little bit in OKC's favor. Now, question: Do you think Jay Crowder can stick Paul George or Russell Westbrook? Would you put Jay Crowder on one of them? I mean, I would yeah. if I'm Quinn Snyder because yeah. that kind of cancels out. You, pr- you probably got to put him. Well, so I think you probably got to put him on Paul George, yeah. but the, Joe Ingles is actually uh, you know small thing from from last year's playoffs. Joe Ingles shut down J.J. Redick, and, you know, he, he is bigger, has about three or four inches on J.J. Redick, and he's got a long wingspan. So, you know, there was a bit of a size disadvantage there for, for J.J., but Joe Ingles did an amazing job on J.J., was very physical with him, basically grabbing and holding his jersey the whole time, and yeah. refs just don't call it. It's playoff basketball. So I think Joe Ingles will, will be in the mix too, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're probably going to have to put Donovan – on on Russell, yeah. I mean, and then and then you're gonna mix up Crowder and Ingles with with Melo and Paul George, and kind of just see which one you might you might have to put Jay Crowder on Carmelo because Carmelo's a bit bigger, yeah. And he's gonna try and, and bully 
you know, maybe Ingles. I don't think Ingles is as strong as Crowder. So it also depends what Crowder they get, right? Are they getting <laughs> are they getting <laughs> Cleveland Jay Crowder? I mean, he's, he's good in Utah. So. Yeah, so it's like he yeah. bounced. That, that was kind of weird. You know, yeah. he, he went to Cleveland. That was, I thought, the steal of, of the Isaiah trade no was that they no got Jay Crowder. It. No one talks about And then about he, was, he was just trash in <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. And then he goes to Utah, and back, all of a sudden he's back to Boston, yeah. Jay Crowder. It's, it was like an inside job or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> all right, let's, move, let's uh, shift series. Warriors-Spurs, the 2-7 matchup. And I think the Warriors, I was talking to my uh, friend AJ and, uh, and Josh in a group chat. They're going to be on the podcast later on. And the Warriors, to me, just continue to get lucky. They're playing a Spurs team without Kawhi Leonard. You know, you don't have Steph Curry. They could easily face, I mean, just look at any teams in the Western uh, Conference playoffs right now. I think any of these teams could have given them a series. Not saying they would have beat them, but, I mean, I think the Spurs without Kawhi, they don't have a shot. There's no way they can beat the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, to your point, I think Portland, Utah, Minnesota, uh, and those, the, the, probably those three teams, I would, I would either pick them to beat the Warriors yeah. or I'd pick it in, like, you know, Warriors in seven. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be a really tough series. Pelicans, uh, kind of talked about. I'm not high on the Pelicans, right. uh, and and then Spurs are the other team where it's like, I think if Kawhi was playing, I would I would pick the Spurs. E- even if Kawhi, you know, came back for Game One, wow. I think I would pick the Spurs uh, as long as he's like 80 percent of Kawhi. But I just don't like. I think Pop is gonna devise some type of schemes to make this like more competitive. Like you know, last year when Kawhi went out, it was a yeah. sweep. Um, and, and it was pretty ugly. So this Spurs team, I think, you know, they're more prepared just because they've been without Kawhi yeah. the, the whole season. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has been playing, you know, arguably the best basketball, close to the best basketball of his career. I think he's going to be a problem. Like, you know, he's Draymond it cannot guard LaMarcus Aldridge. Like LaMarcus is one of the guys that gives Draymond problems. There aren't many of them, but LaMarcus is one of those guys. Uh, and the Spurs, you know, the Spurs are the sport. The Spurs, they, they play team basketball. They're going to move the ball. You know, it's not about, like, you know, back to the ISO stuff. It's yeah. not going to be, besides LaMarcus, it's not really going to be about ISO. It's just going to be uh, playing good team basketball. And, and I think they, it's just defensively, I don't trust them enough against this team. Now, the Warriors have lost, what, uh, I think they're they're 7-10 and 10 in their last 17 I games. Check, I can look it up. Uh, so... The Warriors are not playing great basketball yeah. heading into the playoffs, and they had that horrible forty-point loss to the Jazz, the worst <laughs> loss in the Steve Kerr yeah. era. So the Warriors are not entering the the playoffs on a high note. That said, I just so so I'm gonna say I'm picking the Warriors in five. Same. Uh, I think the Spurs are good enough to just get a, a game in San Antonio. Uh, you know, I can see it being a, a type of situation where it's like three zero Warriors. Yeah. Spurs on, on their last legs get like Patty Mills shots thirty for yeah, some reason. Like, <laughs> you don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, to your point, like the Warriors caught a big break. They're they're gonna have a quick series. They're gonna get some more rest for Steph Curry right. heading into round two. I think they they got a great matchup in round two where they go they're getting Portland or New Orleans. Yeah. they dodged that OKC Utah. Yeah. I think that would have been a huge problem for them in round two. So this broke right for for Golden State where Houston's getting Minnesota then OKC Utah in round two. Right, uh, you know uh, whereas Golden State's getting San Antonio then I think a much easier second round opponent. So I, I think that's working out great for Golden State. So you're not high on the Blazers? No, I'm not. Really? Why not? Uh, and it, I'm a little bit biased against. I, I, I'm not a big Dame fan. Really? Uh, yeah. So so Dame to me is just another one of those guys that kind of falls into the inefficient, 
isolation gunner. Yeah, we, we're, uh, we're gonna be friends. He, he's <laughs> he's had a be- look. He's he's had a better year this year. No, he, I, I like him, but I, I know what you're saying like yeah. looking at um you know I was looking at uh, on Basketball Reference like the, the, kind of the six non James Harden guards for All NBA and kind of comparing them to see like. I mean, I don't have a vote, but like, if I was voting, where I'd put guys and Dame's numbers actually, you know, fair comparably to Steph Curry, they're pretty close. Now, not the advanced stuff, but just like the counting stats and, and per thirty six and stuff, very close. So this is like this is Dame's best season. This is his career year. Yeah. Um. So you you got to give him props on that, and he's been more efficient this season. I just don't really trust like, and maybe it's a little bit sour taste in my mouth of seeing. Um, then beat the Clippers a couple years ago when the Clippers, you know, Blake and Chris went down. Yeah, I, I just felt it was a little bit fluky on the Blazers' part, but they just rely so heavily on those two, which are you know basically poor man Steph and Clay, uh, which is fine. I, I just I don't really like Evan Turner either. No, you don't. Um, I like Aminu and Harkless as like role players, but as like starters playing 30, 35. Harkless is still out. We'll, we'll see when when he's back, but. Yeah, I just don't really like. I think Portland is very susceptible to uh, to an upset. Either you know, I guess it wouldn't be an upset against the Warriors. Maybe maybe without Steph, it, it you know it's kind of close. But yeah. um, I, I think they're very vulnerable against the Pelicans around one. Against the Pelicans though, specifically, because I know you say you weren't high on the Pelicans. I'm not either. high on the Pelicans, but I, I, you know. But I, I think if you're if you're doing like percentage wise, like I'd put it like 55 to 60 percent in favor of Portland. Yeah, which, which is. Probably one of the closer series. Yeah, Portland's weird to me. I mean, they, they rely so heavily on McCollum and Damian Lillard in three-pointers, and they're another team that goes ISO a lot. I forget what the stat was, but basically they're one of the most highly isolated basketball teams like in in the league. And then they weren't good defensively up until recently. Yeah, yeah. They just got – I don't know if it's like an aberration or or or, or what, but I, I still don't trust them in the playoffs. I do think they're good enough to beat the Pelicans, though. Drew Holiday is having a very good season right now. No one's really talking about him. Um, Anthony Davis stepping up when Marcus went down. But, you know, who else do they really have besides that? They have Miritak or Miritak, how do you say his name? Miritich. Miritich. But who else, like, really? Solomon Hill? Like, Etuan Moore is a like, Rondo? Ron, <laughs> playoff. Let's just think of Play, playoff, playoff Rondo. Rondo yeah. Come on, give me a break. I mean, last um, year he did okay. Well, t- talk yeah. about stat hunting. Rondo's yeah. stat hunts assists like yes. nobody's business. Yes, he definitely does. Um, Rondo puts up like a four points, 21 and, assists. And for, by, by the way, we got we got to shout out Russell Westbrook for, for stat hunting rebounds so bad that he, he got his 16th rebound midway through the third. Like, how ridiculous. <laughs> like, that's just so ridiculous. I can't um, stand him. I can't. And, uh, I, I know people love Russell, but I can't stand him. I'm it's, sorry. It's, yeah. It's, I, I can't. But, yeah, the, the Pelicans are a weird team to me because it's kind of like their team that, like, I, I, I put, like, the Bucks in this category, too, where it's, what the, like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, the, the Rockets shoot threes. The Warriors shoot threes. Like, the Cavs have LeBron. The Sixers put the ball in Simmons' hands, spread out. Like, but what do you do? Like, you just give the ball to Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like, what kind of offense do you really run? They don't really seem to have – an identity for such for a team that has such a big star like Anthony Davis, I, they don't have a brand. They don't have a way of playing basketball. It, it's it, it's they're just a weird team to me. Yeah, I mean they they've been shooting the ball a little bit better this yeah. season, and they have a little more depth in the past couple of years. But um, you know, to your point, I, I don't think they really have an identity, and I think. Like their identity kind of is just Anthony Davis is a top five player. <laughs> yeah, it's really Holiday's. And, <laughs> and then Drew Holiday's been playing really yeah, well lately. And Drew so. Holiday's out of bounds. R- Rondo's been solid at times. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's inconsistent, but he's been solid. And um, e- Etwan Moore has actually had a solid. S- and the Miritich trade has worked out because they yeah. kind of needed, a, you know, a shooting big to play with. Anth- like Anthony Davis has been very reluctant to move to the five. 
Uh, you know, that's kind of, I mean, that's not why they brought in Boogie, but like they've always had, um, you know, Omer Ashik or, uh, you know, Agensa, or now they have Okafor who, yeah. who's in there. So it's like Anthony Davis is still kind of reluctant, but when they go Anthony Davis at the five, Miritich at the four, I think that just, you know, g- puts so much spacing around him that, um, you know, it's a bit of a problem because you can't really guard Anthony Davis one on one. Like no. he's at, at this point, he's got the face up game, he's got the turnaround jumper, he can drive on you, he could post up. Like he he really is a multi dimensional offensive player. Um, he's gotten better at passing out of double teams and stuff. So as we were talking about before, I, I think he's going to put up monster numbers in this yeah. series. Like I'm saying, like 35 and 15. I think he's going to obliterate the Blazers, and that might be enough to keep the Pelicans in this series, keep it competitive, like six or seven. Uh, right now, I think I want to say Portland and six. I, yeah, I, I'd say Portland and five. So yeah, yeah. It, like it, it, it wouldn't surprise. Like, look, the, the Pelicans got to win a, a playoff game first. Yes, they, they haven't <laughs> won a playoff game in the Anthony Davis era. So uh, you know, to your point, they they got to win a game before it starts to change my mind a lot. But I, I do think the and and Portland hasn't really been playing well heading into the playoffs either. They had the win against Utah, but Utah was coming off a of back to back. They really had that one um, big winning streak in the middle of the yeah. season. That was it. And that that's kind of been their. Yeah. That's the other thing that that Portland has been, literally three years in a row where they start the season off around five hundred, even a little bit you know below five hundred. Yeah. Middle of the season, they catch fire. Dame starts to go off around the All Star break. Right. He's pissed off about not making the All Star team, <laughs> and then he gets hot. And then, you know, they, they kind of go back down to earth. Right. And then they head into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, a couple years ago, they, they caught a break with the Clippers, uh, you know, two best players going down. And then last year, they uh, they played, I want to say the Warriors in round one. Was it last, last year? They played. Who'd they play last year? Was it the Warriors? I think it was. Yes, it was the Warriors. Was the War- okay, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not catching a break at all. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm just a little like to me it's a little bit fool's gold with yeah. and and you know it look they 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 were one game away from not being the three seed and, and to me it was just that streak kind of pushed them there if they didn't have that streak and, and you know or maybe the streaks a couple games less we're talking about them probably as like a six or seven seed so right. I, that to me is more in line with with their talent level. yeah because that's what they've always been since Dame Lillard took over the team so uh let's move on to the Eastern Conference playoffs now Raptors Wizards one eight matchup. I am not a fan of the Raptors. I know they changed their style of play this year. I t- for some reason I have followers from Toronto on Twitter. <laughs> Listen, Raptors God, fans are crazy. I, I, I they're great. I, they're great. I, I no, love no, the I'm not, I, no, crazy and could be positive. They're, too. they're shooting more threes. Yeah. They're playing faster pace. The bench. Oh, the, let let Raptor fans talk about their bench. <laughs> we got but our bench this year. Our bench. L- listen, you guys are for Daisy. I I am oh, not a Raptors wow. fan at all. I'm not. I'm sorry. I, I'm not a big Demar Derozan not, not fan. A, not a Drake fan. I'm actually not that big of a Drake okay. fan. I do respect him though. I'm, I'm a Drake fan. So you are. Yeah, I can't. I can't be. Uh... I can't be partial on, on I don't Drake hate matters. Him. I don't hate Drake. Okay, like, I, that, that, that's a start. I'm like one of those <laughs> rare people who just kind of like, yeah, he's cool. Okay, I feel like I feel like that's rare though. I feel most people are like either really like him or can't stand him. I agree. Yeah, well, I, I th- he's he's very polarizing. Yeah, and the Raptors aren't really that polarizing of a team, but I I can't stand them. I don't know what it is, and I think. This year, they changed up their style of play. Yes, they're shooting more threes. The Rosen's shooting more threes. Their bench, yes. Your your bench is good. Your bench is good, Raptor fans. Okay, whatever. But I, at the end of the day, do you think it comes down to just Lowry and DeRozan not being a good enough duo to get over the hump? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Like I, I think we've seen 
so the Raptors are 0 and 9 in game ones in, in franchise history. Not like not even just recently. <laughs> like recently, they, they've obviously you know they, well they've lost every game one, and recently it's been a thing, and it, it's kind of been the story with this team. But yeah. um, you know, especially because most of those series they, they've been home lately. But uh, yeah, so they've never won a game one. Honestly, like I'm gonna base my confidence on the series on game one. Like they have to win game one. <laughs> Like you, you gotta show me this right. year's different. <laughs> Can um, you do it? But this, but this seat, like Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan, it's you know we like you're talking about with Chris Paul. We tend to get into these stereotypes yeah, of players and, and, and like, like that. Chris yeah. Paul. Actually, his playoff numbers are better than his regular so he, season numbers. And like, and he's shots a ho- in the playoffs. He's a first ball Hall of Fame point guard. Yes, he's a, a top ten point guard of all time. Five, top five, probably top five. Yeah. Um, you know, he, here, uh, you know, stat heads tell it he's like two or three already, mm-hmm. which is, you know, he's right there behind Magic, which, which a lot, like the casual fan wouldn't agree with that. I agree. But, but I, I agree too. Like, yeah. he, Chris Paul's amazing. Um, but DeRozan and Lowry, they perform worse in the playoffs. Like, it is not, like, it is factual. You yes. look at their playoff numbers, they're, they're, they're south of 40% shooting, um, you know, dips to 20 points or lower. Like, they, are you know they've consistently been um, you know unclutch in the playoffs. They, they have they've not performed well. I, I don't want to say like choking, but it's it's been borderline where like you can kind of make that case, and it just kind of devolves into isolation basketball. Yes. but but they, you know they don't do it that well. So right, and and they the stress ball movement this year and three pointers. I mean DeRozan takes these mid range jump shots. He doesn't do it as much as he did off the dribble mid range. Same thing with Kyle Lowry, just off the dribble threes. And I just feel like that's what they're comfortable with. Now it's the playoffs. You're going to fall into bad habits. I don't buy into this whole new ra- new year, new Raptors type of thing. They are what they are. This is this is what they are. You might change up the, the system a little bit. You might have Fred Van Fleet coming off the bench, but it's not going to put you over the top. I mean, you said earlier pre-show, that's going to be a, a term now, pre-show, that you think the Wizards are actually going to give them a run. Yeah, so the, the Wizards... Um have made the playoffs three of the last four years. Uh, they had the one year, I'm, I'm looking now, 2015-16, they didn't make the playoffs. Right. Where I think Wall missed, a, Wall or Beal missed a lot of that season, I want to say, um, off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, th- so they made the playoffs three of the last four years, and all three years they made the second round. You can make the case two of those years when they played the Hawks and uh, last year against the Celtics. They should have won both of those series. Yeah. Um, but one of the years that they made it, they beat the Raptors in the first round, and the Raptors had home court they advantage. Swept the Raptors, didn't yeah, they? So yeah. So point being, though, I think the the Wizards are like almost the reverse Raptors, where their play goes up <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> I like it. Like Wall go, yeah. Wall goes up another notch. Yeah. Beal goes up another notch. I think with the Celtics series, they just didn't have enough depth. Where and Scott Brooks, to his you know to his fault, doesn't really stagger. So you know he was he was playing kind of the starters and then the bench for like eight to ten minutes a game, but those eight to ten minutes a game, the Wizards are getting crushed. Yeah. So we'll see if that like that could happen again and that could end up being a determining factor in this because the Raptors bench. I mean, I, I'll say that the I actually buy into the Raptors bench in the sense that I think that's been part of their problem the past few years is they haven't had a lot of depth. So even when DeRozan and La, you know DeRozan and Lowry have underperformed, 
but then on top of that, they have another. They've been kind of like yeah, they have they've been one. Clippers East basically, where yeah. you know when their bench comes in, they've struggled to score to 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 stay afloat with with other teams. So I think this year could be different in the sense that I think their bench is going to be able to, you know, kind of match other teams' benches if not outperform them or or match even their starters. It's just at the end of the day, it is going to come down to how do DeRozan and Lowry play and and you know. It, I, I don't want to get too cliche again, but like I do think, just from watching, you know, whatever, fifteen years of playoff basketball, like at some point it comes down to can you get buckets, right? And and which stars perform. Like it's right. very rare that a star, you know, is the best player in a series and and loses if the talent is is you know re- relatively comparable, right? Yeah. Like you could have an Anthony Davis situation where he's by far the best player in the series, but Portland has so much more depth and talent, and New Orleans doesn't really matter. Um, so. Yeah, I, my official pick as of right now, I'm, I'm going to probably tweak my picks going into tomorrow, but uh, I, I'm going to go with the Raptors in seven. Uh, seven. Because okay. I, think, okay. I think the Wizards are not, like, I had the Wizards as a four seed heading into the season. I don't think they're a typical eight seed. Okay. Um, you know, Wall missed, what, almost 30 games? Yeah, how much do you um, buy into, like, the team doing better without him and wanting I think, to I think play it's without real. him? Well, I think it's real in the sense that I think there's beef. You saw, like... You know, Gortat had some quote yeah. where he was like, you know, we move the ball better or whatever. And then John Wall on ESPN, you know, kind of said, <laughs> you know, I give him so many open buckets or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I create so many easy shots for him and kind of took a shot at Gortat. So I think there is some tension there mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, Wall does tend to dominate the ball. And he, he's kind of a Westbrook light where, you know, I think he's, he's more unselfish than Westbrook, but he still wants to run the show where he's going to have the ball 80% of the time and then he's going to create for other guys at the end of possessions. Yeah. Uh, so that probably rubs his teammates a little bit the wrong way. So I do think there's some, like, weird locker room chemistry issues there. But I, I just think at the end of the day, like, Wall, when healthy, is like a top 15 player. Bradley Beal has has taken the next step. I actually think Wall being out was good for Bradley Beal, kind right. of taking the next step as as a primary ball handler um, and as just as a go to scorer. And then you know Otto Porter Jr., Kelly Oubre. Like yeah. uh, I, I think this this team uh, like Tomas Sadoransky, like he has did been a good solid job. off yeah. the bench. Like yeah. this this team ha- has some pieces, and uh, I, I think. You know, I, they're, I think they're, they're going to the push the Raptors. That, that, yeah. that could have won the, I'm not won these, but could have taken the Cavs to the Eastern Conference Finals last yeah. year. Almost the same team that swept the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact roster, but I know Guitar was on the team. I know Beal's on that team. I know, was that Otto's rookie year? It might have been Otto's rookie year. Uh, um, then you got check. John Wall. How long has Markeith Morris been on the team? Uh, like two, two and a half years, so, two and a half, three years. Yeah, yeah, so they're basically the same team. This is not like a major U-Haul of players that you have. This yeah. is a team that's been in the Eastern Conference semifinals, could have been easily in the Eastern Conference finals each year. So I do agree with you they're not the typical uh, eight seed. I don't see them being the Raptors, though. I have the Raptors in six, so one less game than you. I I don't believe in the Raptors. I just I do think there's something to the fact that you know the Wizards had drama this season I don't I think there is something in the locker room when there's something between you and your point guard the person who is supposed to be leading the team and distributing the ball I think that's that's toxic I think that's really bad for a team I agree what were you laughing at um I I was laughing at you saying you don't believe in in the uh the Wizards (laughs) or or the the Raptors the Raptors yeah uh so yeah yeah yeah. they okay so they they swept the Raptors uh, this is 2014-15. Yeah. They swept the Raptors, the and then that, that was the series they lost to the Hawks in the second round, but probably should have won that. Yeah, that's what Wall, Wall broke his hand that series. That's um, right. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce buzzer yeah. beater off the backboard. Um, so I'm, I'm checking if Otto Porter. Yeah, Otto Porter was a was a sophomore that year. Okay. So yeah, like I I, I think the Wizards. Um, and and the, the thing that you just mentioned that I think is really key with the Wizards, the Wizards have this we don't give a bleep attitude that they don't fear anyone. They they publicly called out Cleveland to start the season and, yeah. and said they thought Cleveland was ducking them last year in the playoffs, like with you know with the seeding going to the yeah, playoffs, that, yeah. that they think they could beat Cleveland. So obviously this is a different Cleveland team, which we'll get to I'm, I'm sure in a second. But uh, I think Washington has this fearlessness to them and almost this like cocky arrogance that kind of makes them play better because I don't think the Raptors have that. Maybe they have a little bit of it after. But the, the thing was, two years ago, yeah. they were the one seed. Yeah. And then they, they got their ass kicked by the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah. it's like, uh, there's got to be some. I don't think that it, yeah, there's some, there's yeah, like, there's some doubt in there. And mind. that's the thing. Yeah. If, if Washington comes in and throws that knockout punch in game one, yep. there's going to be a lot of fear in the Raptors. Like, you're going to see all the fans, and not to, not to get Toronto fans, if I mention. <laughs> In my mentions, like I love Drake, I love the weekend. I've been right. to Toronto once. I love the I, fans. I, loved, I, think, I love Toronto. I think it's crazy the city. how they surround the building for the yeah. playoff games. We the North. I think that's so. It's great. awesome. But, so, uh, you know, I don't want to yeah. get Toronto fans coming after me. But that said, I, I think you're going to see a lot of like DefCon One panic <laughs> when they lose. If if and when they lose Game One. All right, now what if the Cavs lose Game One to the Victor Oladipo's? So. I, the, as we were talking about pre-show, which yeah. we just keep referencing all, all this great <laughs> conversation, uh, I think there's there's two. I think there's two locks in, in, in the first round, and my my two locks are Golden State and Cleveland. Okay, I, I, I want to put Houston probably as a lock. Houston. I think there's an alternate universe where like Timberwolves really put like Timberwolves at their peak. I think right. push Houston. I just don't know if Timberwolves can get to their peak. You know, three or four games. Right. Probably unlikely, but. Um, so I, I think Golden State and Cleveland are the two locks, like 100% book it. Those two teams are winning. Right. I don't see any scenario where th- where they don't win. And I actually think kind of secretly uh, Cleveland wanted Indiana over the potential sixth seed, which could have been Miami, Washington, or Milwaukee. Uh, to me, like, it's a nice story, Indiana. I had them missing the playoffs. Yeah, Oladipo, everyone did. No one had made the playoffs. You know, yeah. most improved player. Um, Even Sabonis coming, he, he had off a, a yeah. good start. So, 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 well, which goes back to Westbrook. Yeah. You, you see how good Oladipo Don't get me is. Started. Um, Oladipo, Sabonis. Like that guy. That guy yeah. Now he wasn't this guy last year, but that guy was still the, the potential was there last yeah, year, absolutely. and he was in the number two pick. Yeah. Uh, and you know the fact, like that was actually my my hottish take last year was with the whole. I, I was team Harden on the MVP debate. Me too. And I mean, I thought the stats backed up Harden. Regardless, but you know, going to team record and stuff, I actually think the Thunder had more talent last year than the Rockets. Because the, the way I like to look at this type of stuff is, I'm like, throw both teams into a pool, like on a playground, exactly. and you're doing a draft, right? So you got Westbrook and Harden as the two team captains. I think number one, you know, number one pick between both rosters last year, I'm probably going Oladipo or Adams. Like that's one two. Exactly. And then you start going into okay, well, Cantor like, was on the team last Cantor year. Cantor was on the team. Robertson is an amazing defender. Like yeah. you, you, he, he's terrible offensively. Like he's a huge liability offensively. But I almost think his defense is good enough to kind of negate that or neutralize it. So 
you know, I almost would go like three Thunder players potentially over any Rocket last year. Like you, you have Eric Gordon. Ryan C- Capella was not Capella he last wasn't year. Capella last year, and then people made Ryan Anderson to be like the next coming of like freaking Mark Price or whatever, whoever, whatever three point shooter you want to talk about in the nineties. Like nobody picked the Rockets to be as good as they were last year. Some people didn't even have him in the playoffs last year. And then you, year. Saw, you saw it, it. It materialized in round one. Yeah. Like, they, they played each other. And, the, the, I mean, it was close, like you said. But yeah. the Rockets won in five. And, um, you know, I, I like I, I think the, the Westbrook MVP isn't going to age well in history. I don't think it's going to be as bad as the Derrick Rose MVP. Right. But uh, I, I don't I, – I think, like, we're going to look back and, and be like – I think Harden should have won. I think um, the Rockets overachieved so much last year that it hurt Harden. That people started getting this idea that the Rockets were supposed to do what they were doing, and they weren't. They were so good last last year and this year as well. But last year, no one, no one that I talked to last year, from what I remember, had them being ty- any type of threat whatsoever. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they're beating the Warriors. They're two three seed, and it was like it was expected. You know, they they hired Mike D'Antoni. Let's be honest. Mike D'Antoni's reputation was in the dirt when he was hired. Yeah. No one believed that he could coach a team to the playoffs or even have the success that he's having again. So it's so weird to think about last year's MVP race because I feel like the Rockets overachieving the way they did and the Thunder, they overachieved too, but to the point where it was like, it was cute. It was like, oh, yeah. we're the sixth seed, we're the seventh seed. And look how much help Russ doesn't have. It was the narrative of that rather than, Russell Westbrook, the player, and the whole triple double thing never happening. I mean, yeah. this year he's averaging a triple double again. Why? Well, that, are, why, that's are, what, why aren't you talking about him being the what's MVP? What's funny again? is like I, I'm not going to do this just because yeah. it would it would take too long. But yeah. I, I hope someone does. If someone's listening, or or just someone on on Twitter will think of this. Like, I want someone to go back and look at all the people that voted for Russell Westbrook. Yes, and and make a list, and then those same voters. I want to see how many of them don't even have him on the ballot this year because right. I think he's not going to be in a lot of people's ballots, uh, you know. Or he's he's in the fourth, he's in fourth, fifth, but I, I wouldn't have him on my ballot. Right. Um, and I, I want to go back and see that because right. you can't like. Okay, so they're a higher seed. He's averaging the triple double again. Right. And you're not even going to vote for him. Right. How many people? Like I, I would I would guess just making you know. I think an educated guess here. I would say it's like 80% of the people who voted for him last year won't even have him on the ballot this year. I'd which to me higher. just makes it a joke. It is a joke. It's, it's a, a joke. joke. It's an absolute joke. It's all the narrative about your team and, and the fact that KD went to Golden State, so it was a sexy storyline with him. Oh, look what him, look what he's doing without KD. He doesn't need KD. Oh, I love his fiery competitiveness. I, I can't stand it. I can't. Don't get me started. <laughs> I can't stand it. But um we haven't really even talked about the Cats Pacer series. We we off to a tangent. Um, I'm with you though, Cavs, in probably five or six. I'm going to say five. Yeah. Uh, people don't like. Okay, you know we've been saying playoff this player, play, playoff LeBron is real. Is this is year fifteen? You should is, know by now. I, playoff LeBron <laughs> might be the goat in my. You know, playoff LeBron's probably the goat. Yeah. For, for the postseason. Um, and then now you know you have all the Jordan stuff, whatever. But. Yeah. Point being, like he he's going to probably retire with the best postseason resume, like cha- championships aside, which for some people that's everything. Uh, but like you know, he's he's already the all-time leading scorer in the playoffs. Uh, he, he's probably going to end up being like top five rebounds and assists in the playoffs, which is nuts. He might might even end up being like top three assists, I think. So um, I think playoff LeBron, like playoff LeBron, is too much for like Indiana is a young team. They right. they completely basically re- rebuilt yeah. their team. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Indiana has kind of underachieved against, remember last year they, they had the sweep where it was kind of close, but it was still like at the end of games, LeBron just took over. It didn't yeah. matter. And that was with Paul George, who they I would still say is a better, yeah. pl- you know, was a better player last year than Oladipo was. Yeah. I know the advanced stats don't really back that up, but I just, tr- you know, this is really, this is going to be Olad. I don't want to treat Oladipo like a rookie because he's been in the, he was in the playoffs yeah. last year with OKC, but this is the first time being the go-to guy on a playoff team. It's going to be a much different experience for him having a team really game plan to stop him. Right. A lot of it's going to come down to like Miles Turner, Thaddeus Young. Um, Trevor Booker? Tre- like uh, <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich. Or yeah. Boyan, Boyan. Yeah. Um, sorry, wrong Bogdanovich. Uh, so like I just don't think Indiana, and I think Le- LeBron has never lost in the first round. It, like So yeah. he, his first season he didn't make the playoffs, but every, every year since then he's gotten out of the first round. Um, I just don't see any like I don't see that changing against this yeah. Indiana team. Yeah, do I? Uh, and I, you know I'll give them a game in Indiana, especially because the, the Cavs have their own issues with like Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson have never been in the playoffs before. Yeah, Rodney Hood is a very inconsistent player. Uh, they have a lot of new pieces like kind of Kevin Love still getting reacclimated to this new team. So I, I think Cleveland you know has its own things to deal with. So I'll give Indiana a game, but I just think playoff LeBron. Uh, is such a monster with, with him playing 40 to 43 minutes yeah like I, I'm, I'm worried about those five or six minutes he's not on the court I, I could see Indiana being like plus eight plus ten in that yeah but I think when he's on the court it's just gonna make such a you know big difference um you know we're not even like Kyle Korver like the, the I think the Cavs have so many shooters off the bench and stuff that it just it doesn't even matter like you put four shooters around LeBron yeah. and good things happen like that team could really beat anybody besides Golden State and they're playing better too on top of that so I, I think the Cavs in five I'll give I'll give the Pacers a game just because I don't trust this Cavs team as yeah. much as I trust the other ones in the past um, let's move on to the Celtics Bucks now if there's one team that I think is more overrated than the Raptors, it's I mean I don't even say they're overrated, but it's it's the Bucks. I don't know if you were gonna thought I was gonna say Celtics, but I, I thought you were gonna say Celtics. No, I, I do, listen, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo is amazing. But th- this is like I said it before with the Pelicans. It's like what do you do? You know, I was watching him against the Sixers and they went possessions without him touching the ball. Yeah. yeah. It it that it, they had a game against the Lakers a couple weeks ago where the same thing. It's like what do you like, are you kidding me? How has no, he not yeah, touched the ball? That's crazy. <laughs> He's by far your best player. Yeah. Um, their offense to me doesn't really have an identity. They don't have anyone who can really shoot the three. Tony Snell was supposed to be that, but he's not shooting the ball well. Um, Eric Bledsoe, he actually is shooting the three pretty well, but he takes the ball out of Giannis's hands, so therefore you're not getting the best out of your best player. Um, Chris Middleton's more of like a mid-range type thing. I, it's just they are a mess to me. I, I think, personally, they should blow up the team after this year. Wow. Because I think they're going to be stuck in the 6, 7, 8 range. We'll, we'll blow I think up the team you, you, know, you keep as, Giannis. As far, and it, okay. I, I would keep um, Brogdon, and I would keep Jabari, because Jabari's been hurt. So it's kind of like, you know. I'm, I'm actually not I'm not a big Jabari fan. Not, I like Jabari. Um, he, he falls into line with, with uh, for me with those type of isolation, heavy. Right. Like he, he's kind of Carmelo light. Um, yeah. Okay, but and I don't, I don't think he's had a big enough role yet where he can really show his okay. full Carmelo ness. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think with a bigger role, um, you really you get, you get the Carmelo off of him. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, like he doesn't really, you know, he's not a great. He's a, he's a solid rebounder, but not like a good yeah. or great rebounder. Which you know, if he's going to be playing a lot of four, you probably want him to be a little bit better rebounder. He, he doesn't play defense. He's more like a like. 
I think of Andrew Wiggins, where it's like Wiggins doesn't really go isolation, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, like he, he'll he'll score twenty something points, but it's kind of like how did you get twenty? And like yeah. if you're not scoring twenty, like what are you doing for the team? That's what I think about Jabari. Yeah. Uh, so we're, this is actually going to be the first time I think we disagree. All right, let's do it. Uh, I have, uh, and I'm I'm scared to make this proclamation, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I have Bucks and six. Really? Yeah. So I. Holy I, shit. Yeah. So I, I think we saw. I want to say Jabari, Jabari missed the playoffs last year, right? Yes. Jabari, because he got injured in February. Mm-hmm. So Jabari was out last postseason, and you know it was. I think last postseason, like the narrative was was similar, and you know where the we're like, what the hell are the Bucks? Like we don't really. This is a weird right. team. They're relying on a lot on a rookie and in Brogdon. They should have won uh, the series. Two rookies actually. Yeah. Don Maker, remember, was starting yep. and, and playing solid for them. But we're like, you know, they're relying on two rookies and then Giannis, and they don't have a lot of shooting. And like Jason Kidd plays this like weird style he's of defense. T- he's a terrible coach. <laughs> oh my god! And like, Can we just say how bad. Like <laughs> he, he like fouls when he's up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know, one like, of my favorite players <laughs> ever, but a horrible coach. Like they're winning and they're intentionally. <laughs> Fouling yeah. and it, it's just like this weird thing. Um, so, but you saw like they uh, and maybe again it, it's because they played the Raptors, but like they pushed that Raptors team. They should have won. They, that they had a shot to win that series. They should have won that. So series. to me, yeah. you add in better Giannis. Like okay. he, he's better. He's better than last year. But, but his role's a little different. It is different. But but like he he's a better player this year. You add in Eric Bledsoe, who again I, I think. You know, there's there's a little bit of a weird role kind of balance with him right. and Giannis. But he's the best number two. Neither that, one can yeah. really shoot, and and they both kind of need the ball. Like you're not gonna, it's gonna be it's tough to kind of put like Bledsoe is shooting better this year, but yeah. teams are gonna leave him open and kind of test that jumper. Right. So it, it is a bit of a weird thing where like if you're if you're already putting those two out there. You're going to need to put a lot of shooting around them, and, and then it's like they don't have Jabari, that Tony Snell. Like they just got Delvadova back, which I think will be, will be solid. Yeah, um, they, they just got Brogdon back too. So I'm interested to see kind of how they they even out that rotation. But I, I think having Jabari and Bledsoe, the, the the thing is, which I like. What you know, I, I don't think Prunty's going to keep the job, but I think the thing that he's done that um, is a little bit underrated compared to what Kid did was. When they take Giannis out now, they try to keep. Oh, we, well, we haven't even mentioned Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton I, is is a is a stud. He's a stud. I think Chris Middleton's a really? stud. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like him, but it's it's the same thing. I, I just with that team, he's mid range. Like he can score. Yeah, he can no, put the ball. In the but, hoop. but he's a good defender too. He's yeah. So, so he's long. A, he, he, so what, yeah. Point I was gonna make was that what what Prunty has done that I, I don't think Kid did, and and partially because they didn't have Bledsoe and Parker last year. He tries to keep two of the three of Bledsoe, Middleton, Parker on the court when Giannis is off. So I think that's smart because right. you, you take all the you know you take all the starters off. <laughs> this is not you know this team yeah. can't score. So the fact that he tries to keep two of those three on at all times, you know when Giannis is off the court, I, I think that's going to kind of keep them competitive. Okay. And, and at the end of the day, I I don't. You know, me saying Bucks and six, I think almost has less to do with the Bucks than it does with the Celtics because I, I think the Celtics. Like, I'm not as high on Brad Stevens as everyone else is. Now he's still my. Co- well, we'll get into the awards, but like he's my coach of the year, right? Uh, because I think if you if you said Kyrie's going to miss 20 games, you're going to miss Hayward the whole season. Yeah, you're going to have guys, you know, smart out and, and different guys in and out of the lineup. I would not pick this team to win 55 games, be the two seed. Uh, so I, I do think Brad Stevens has done an amazing job at at pulling out wins and, and really. 
you know, coaching his ass off to, to get this team into the two seed. Uh, that said, I, I think there's only so much you could do. I actually think you kind of look at it in the Brad Stevens era. Uh, the Celtics have kind of been worse in the playoffs. They've kind of under yeah, uh, underperformed. I was, was going to ask you if you think uh, playoff um, Brad Stevens is playoff a thing. Brad Stevens. I don't want to <laughs> say it's a thing yet because yeah. I, I you know I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I you know they've ha- they've had some fluky injuries. They would have lost um, to the Bulls last year. They, they, they almost lost to the Bulls. They would have lost. I, which, I'm which is nuts. Yeah, because that Bulls team was was terrible. Yeah. Um, Remember that big three, Rondo, Wade, and Butler? Uh, That's crazy. That was a year ago. Um, So I kind of – I think it's a similar thing where, you know, your go-to score might be a rookie in Jason Tatum. And, again, I don't want to – I keep harping on, like, the isolation, go get a bucket. Right. But with the way Boston plays, like, I I just think it – you know, ball – like, again, you see it even with teams like Golden State – like the ball movement doesn't flow as easily in the playoffs, and yeah. it kind of becomes we're gonna run a pick and roll, or we're gonna run an isolation, or we're gonna run someone off a pin down or a curl, and yeah. they're gonna you know catch the ball at the free throw line, and they're gonna have to make some type of move in two or three seconds. Do you trust Jalen Brown to do that? Do you trust Jason Tatum? No, yeah. Al Horford I, is also a, sh- a bit of a shaky postseason he, player. He's not gonna get you a bucket. And, you and, can't put the ball in his hand and say, "Go get us a bucket, Al." And like as yeah. great as <laughs> as great as Celtics Twitter makes Terry Rozier out to be, yeah. he, he's not. <laughs> He's not. So they're Listen, also without Marcus Smart. So yeah, that, that's, you're without, that's the big one right there. You're without me. Kyrie yeah. Irving and Gordon Hayward, your yeah. two best players, and, and by far two best scorers. You're without Marcus Smart, who's probably your what fifth, sixth best player. Like I, you can only be without so many guys where right. in, until it starts to affect you. So like I would not. Would, would it surprise me if the Celtics won this series in six or seven? No, but I just think. They're gonna have no answer for Giannis. These teams just played. Uh, I want to say a couple, two or three weeks ago, and I, and I believe Milwaukee won in Boston. Uh, and and you know that's that's without Kyrie, but that's how the series is gonna be. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna check right now. There's a little bit of a mental letdown knowing that Kyrie is out, right? Because you know before he was ruled out, you kind of have this hope maybe Kyrie comes back in the first round, maybe or at least he's he's back second round. So we're kind of playing for something. Yeah. Knowing Kyrie is out. I think part of you mentally knows, like, you know, even if we get past the Bucks, now we're playing the Sixers or the Heat. If, if the Heat somehow won that series, which I don't think they no will, way. but if they yeah. did, you know they're playing great basketball because they just beat the Sixers, who are the hottest team in the league right now. True. Good point. So, uh, you know, if, if you somehow get you, – you're not probably getting past either one of those two teams. But if you somehow did, now you're playing Cleveland, Toronto, you're not beating either one of those teams. So it's like – there's a ceiling now on the Celtics playoff run, where, which it. I don't yeah. think there was before right. until Kyrie got ruled out. So uh, going back quickly, yeah, the the they played uh, early April uh, or was it late March? They they played the Bucks and they lost. Um, they lost in in Milwaukee. Uh, so yeah, like I, I think that the the Bucks, I think Giannis is going to destroy them. It was it was April third. So yeah, and and Giannis put up uh, twenty nine and eleven nice. on, on them. Uh, so so yeah, I, I think uh, I I think Boston. It's it's a cute story, but again, sort of similar to playoff Raptors. I think there's this playoff Celtics thing where okay. they they, they kind of blow some games. They're susceptible to to you know to losing to teams at home, and, and on they haven't been a great road team in the playoffs. Right. Like. Uh, I just think that you know. I think Giannis is going to give him the business, and and unlike like it, to me, like going back to the Pelicans, I think it's a similar dynamic. But I just don't, you know, where the Blazers have the offensive firepower to kind of combat Anthony Davis. 
I don't think Boston has the offensive firepower to combat Giannis. Okay. Now, Giannis, I don't think, is as good of a scorer as Anthony Davis. And, you know, he's going to rely a lot on just driving and, and kind of finishing around the rim and getting fouled and stuff. But uh, I, I think pl- playoff Giannis, like, he just, you know, he destroyed the Raptors. And, again, we don't know how much of it's the Raptors versus how much of it's Giannis. But, like, they could not stop Giannis at all. And they were, you know, again, a top 10, top 12 defense last year. Uh, they're a better defensive team this year. But... I just think, like, Giannis, you know, playoff Giannis is, you know, last year he was he was a monster. He was. Yeah. And, uh, I think he I, averaged, like, what is it, close to 35 last he, year. It was, it was crazy. I had the Celtics in this in seven um, just because of injuries and things like that. I, I just I can't get there with the Bucs. I can't. Listen, as great as Giannis is, he still hasn't won a playoff series, yeah. which to me is crazy. But yeah. I don't know if that says anything about him or just the Bucks organization in general and the way that team is built. Because well, and, and remember, the, I think the first the first time there in the playoffs it was either his first or second year. That was the year they lost to the Bulls, and then he like shoved Mike Dunleavy into the bench <laughs> uh, and got, it, got ejected. Yeah. Um, they should have won last year. Yeah, they, they should have won last year. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just me buying into Brad Stevens. It, it really is. I, I, he's found a way to keep him above water this whole time. They're the freaking two seed yeah. without Kyrie, without Marcus Smart right now. I, I'm buying into it, I, and a lot of it is because of my lack of belief in the Bucks. I just don't like the way they play, and it's hard for me to pick a team in a series when I, I watch you. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I can't subscribe to your, so, your so brand I'll, of that. I'll, just to put uh, – Things in perspective a little bit, and, yeah. and I don't I don't want to buy too much into you know stuff going in the playoffs just because um, you know guys guys rest and you, you know it's a little fluky those last like, yeah. two or three games you know four games heading into the playoffs. But Celtics heading into the playoffs two and four in their last six games, okay, with the two wins coming against the Bulls and Nets, two of the worst teams in the league who are both tanking. Right, losses Milwaukee, Toronto, and Washington. So three potential teams they could see in the playoffs. They all lost to. Uh, they lost. So Bucks was close, a four point game. So right. that could have gone and that either was way. Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Toronto lost by eighteen, and Washington lost by twelve. So mm-hmm. I, I think you know that's a little bit of a playoff preview to me. And, and yeah. you know, looking at the stats, like the, the guys were kind of you know Boston was still. Uh, they, they almost had a scare there with, with the Sixers starting to win some games. They, they had, remember they had a chance to potentially get the one seed yeah. with Toronto. Yeah, uh, they, they ended up losing that game and that kind of cost them the one seed. But they were still in the mix and they, they were going for it. They didn't get it. And and to me, that's you know, again, I don't want to read too much into stuff going in the playoffs. But sometimes you you, you can kind of glean some stuff from from how teams are playing heading into the postseason. Yeah. And, that probably leads us to our next matchup. Yes, which, the hottest team in the NBA right now, the Philadelphia 76ers. Hottest, hottest team ever going in the playoffs. That's the longest winning streak Is going it? in the playoffs. Yeah. Look at that. They're playing the Miami Heat, who are supposed to be hot based off of their name, but... <laughs> Definitely, I, they have no shot against the Sixers. This is my lock of the playoffs. I know you mentioned you had two locks before. I, I can't see the Heat beating the Sixers four times. Uh, honestly, even with or without Joel Embiid, is he is he coming back for game one? He's supposed to be back for game two. Okay, so so for game two, honestly, right I don't even think they need him. Ben Simmons is playing out of his mind. I think the addition of Marco Bellinelli and and Ailey have helped a lot. Everyone seems to know their roles. I think T.J. McConnell, like, just he he knows what he's doing. Like, J.J. Reddick's having uh, a career season shooting the basketball. Like, everything is just coming together. I think they play extremely well. I think 
I think they have they play for each other too, which is interesting. I don't know if you saw Mark Fultz get his triple double, but when he got the triple double, like basically the whole team just yeah. as if they just won the freaking championship. Young, <laughs> young, stole it from Lonzo last game of the season. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the, the record of youngest triple double. It's it's crazy. So I, I man, I am so high on the Sixers. It's ridiculous. I think they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is something that I don't think is that bold of a thing to say right now. They will face the Celtics or Bucks next round, and I think they should be favored yeah. to yeah. whoever they play. Um, but I, I can't see this being a series at all. I think the Heat are a nice story. I think Spolstra, you know, is a very underrated coach. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, but I, there's nothing that that's, that the Heat that they do. I mean, I I haven't watched a lot of Heat basketball, but when I watch them, they're just like, yeah, whatever, the Heat. I mean, <laughs> so so yeah. I mean, I, I think that this is on, on paper. This is one of, one of those series. I wouldn't say the most, but it, but but it's up there. You know, more so that, than even the seating would suggest where like I think one team clearly has more talent than the other. Yeah. That said, to your point, I, I think Spolstra is like a top, you know, five or six coach probably. Yep. Uh, somewhere in that mix. Um, you know, obviously championship pedigree. Uh and I think he he coaches really well. Uh I, I think, you know, remember this this team has kind of missed the playoffs the last couple of years, but they've been like you know, last year they had the, last like, that the crazy yeah. uh, stretch, you know, where they're like thirty and eleven or whatever. Yep. Um, so, to me, we, we haven't really seen this iteration of the Heat in the playoffs. So it's kind of like they're a fresh team where we don't really know. Yeah, you, you know, like like they could play to their talent level, or they, they you know, they could kind of it could be an opposite of Boston, where like they actually overachieve or, or Toronto, whatever. Um, to me. Like the two the two guys I'm really interested in, and you know it's funny because I, I feel like a, a a radio talk show host with all like going so star driven with all my takes, <laughs> but like Dragic and Whiteside, right? Like Whiteside for you know now this is the fewest amount of minutes he's played in the last three years in the Heat. He's so not that, that's why he complained. He's you know, he had that. He's out. Then he's, he got he, fined. He he's checked out. <laughs> he is, but it's it's his first. Uh, I believe it's his first time being in the playoffs. They they play like against Charlie. Was he on? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Sh- okay, I, you, you you could be two years ago. I think it let was. Me, let me check. When they beat uh, they beat Charlotte in the first round. That was Wade's last season with the Heat. Then the, I think I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so this is the second time in the playoffs, but like. Without Joel Embiid, I think that like now you're going up against Amir Johnson and that's the um, one. Yeah, who who's that? Uh, Rashawn Holmes, like Dario. It's it's yeah, like it's a much different beast than going up against Embiid. Yeah, uh, and and kind of similar with with Dragic, like you know that I guess they might put I don't know if they're gonna put Ben Simmons on him or what, but like the Sixers do kind of have this weird thing where. JJ has had to lo- guard a lot of point guards because they they you know they go with Ben Simmons at, at point guard and he's you know six ten. He can play D, which he can. No, yeah. no, no, no. I, I actually they you know, just I, put him on I think, someone. I think that that's what wins him the rookie of the year argument. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a couple things, but um, I think his defense is amazing. It's just like, do you want him? He's gonna have such a big role offensively. You don't really want him chasing Goran Dragic around. You know, screens and running the baseline. They're all on old man weight. Yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> that, that's kind of more what you want. Yeah. Um, so to me, like, I'm I'm interested to see how those two guys can potentially exploit the Sixers. The rest of the team, like, the Heat are are, are going to grind. Like, the Heat are going to have to grind this out, muck it up, make it an ugly series, yeah. hope to slow it down, and just kind of you know make it a physical, tough like. 
you know, we're, we're going to foul a lot. We're, we're just, you know, we're going to make this really ugly basketball. And I think that's kind of where they can maybe make this a closer series. Yeah. Uh, that said, to me, to me, the fact, the biggest factor is, you know, when does Joel Embiid come back? Because the, the one thing I'll say about the Sixers win streak is the Sixers, I, I believe, like starting from the 20 game, like, you know, I guess, or game 62 on, had the easiest schedule remaining in the league. So they've been kind of beating up on a lot of cupcake teams, a lot of yeah. teams that were tanking, a lot of teams fighting for draft positions. So while it is impressive, especially because, you know, before Embiid went out, their on-off with Embiid was, was pretty bad. You know, they were a bad team without Embiid. Yeah. So, or, you know, kind of neutral team. So f- so for them to continue to win without him, I think is impressive. I think it shows Ben Simmons' growth. I think it, I think it kind of locked up Rookie of the Year for him. Yeah. But... I will say, like, you know, they haven't had the toughest schedule without Embiid. So this is going to be another situation similar, you know, going back way at the beginning of this with, with Houston. They got to get punched in the mouth. I want to see the Sixers get punched in the mouth. I want to see if Miami wins one of the first two in Philly. Does that feel good? Trust the process? Vibes? Does that yeah. switch at all? Um, and And I don't think Miami will do that. But if they do... You know, how does Philly re- respond? So the biggest key for me is when does Embiid come back? If Embiid comes back game two or three, I think it's for sure a lock that this is like a, you know, a five-game series. If he's coming back like game five, game six, like I think the Heat can push them. I don't think the Heat will win it, but I, I think the Heat have enough depth and kind of versatility. I mean, you got James Johnson and, yeah. and um, you know, Rod- Rodney McGruder yeah. and uh, Josh Richardson and, like, Kelly Justice Olin- Winslow and Kelly Olynyk yeah. And they, they got multiple guys that, that can kind of come in and, um, you know, they're, they're versatile. They can shoot. They can play multiple positions. They're kind of one of those positionless teams. They're just teams. solid. They're, they're a solid, solid team. Yeah, there's, there's um, just nothing special to put them over the top. If, if they had Whiteside going the way that Whiteside could yeah. go, it, it'd be a completely different story. But he's so – like, he just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. He doesn't care about the team. I, I don't think they think they have a shot in hell against the Sixers. They're going into a series right now. You're facing the – the best team in the league over the past few weeks or whatever yeah. it is. So I, I, and I know how he gets. Like he's he's not going to be involved, you know. And you need Whiteside to be involved. You need Whiteside to be the best player in the series if you have any shot. And I just can't picture him. Like the second, the second they go down ten in game one, it's over. Yeah, it's over. That's yeah. it. The series is over. Not <laughs> not not just the game. The series is over. Well, and and but but so the the other thing though that I think could work against the Sixers is. A lot of these guys are playing in the playoffs for the first time, right? So that's true. So Simmons, Fultz, Saric, although Saric yeah. played in, in you know in Spain, he, so he, got, he, got he, he has that big. J, JJ obviously has been in the playoffs before. Um, you also got you know Covington, who's never been in the playoffs, right? So you got a lot. A lot of your main ro- Rashawn Holmes too. You got a lot of your main rotation. Embiid also uh, whenever he comes back, like. Most, you know, like over 50% of your rotation has not been in the playoffs before, which, you know, that matters to an extent. I don't know what extent that that matters. Maybe not in this series, but I do think that's kind of a factor where, like, you know, the intensity does go up. It it is a different game. Yeah. Like, it, 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 you know, however you want to look at it, like the playoffs are a different beast. And fortunately for them, they have home court. Uh, I think you know Miami probably is is one of the te- you know, the lower seed teams. Like looking at it, Washington has experience. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee has Giannis, and, and Indiana has been more consistent than any of those teams. So yeah. like, Miami's probably the, the easiest matchup of the, of the bottom four. But I don't know. Like I, I do think it'll be 
they're another team where I want to see like them in Houston are probably the two teams that I'm most looking to see how they respond when they get punched in the mouth because um, you know Philly it's it's a nerves thing too and we've seen young teams kind of you know they, they get that first playoff experience and sometimes they underperform underachieve and then they kind of learn and then the next season um, like next season, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're going to be favored to make the East Conference Finals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see where LeBron goes, but yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because Boston, you know, Boston will be better next season and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. All right, so that does it for the, our playoff matchup predictions for the first round. Um, I'm going to save the next rounds for later. Maybe I'll ha- like I don't know. Like I, I feel like I'll have you back on before that. Yeah. Or something like that. So I don't want to give everything away right now. So before we go. MVP, Rookie of the Year. I mean, we've, we've had a long episode. This yeah. is a very long <laughs> episode. So just quickly, who do you have for MVP and Rookie of the Year? Uh, and do you subscribe to the whole Ben Simmons is not a rookie thing? No. Well, no. No. Uh, I actually think <laughs> – well, okay, so let's 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 get into this. <laughs> all um, right, all right. So I think James Harden is the MVP. I agree. I don't think I, anyone. I think LeBron statistically is close – but I, I think the the difference in the wins, it's just always like if the, if the Cavs were a one seed. It, I think I think James Harden's overdue. I think he's had you know he's, he's finished um, second yeah. uh, in the MVP. I think like two, two or three times already. Two twice. Two, two, tw- um, twice in a row. Yeah. Probably should have won last year. Uh, well, not even like I think should have won last year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like I, I think we almost look like the, the media and fans almost look for reasons not to give James Harden MVP. Yeah. Like I think anyone, you know, LeBron James is in this position. You know, Cavs won sixty four games. He's putting up the same numbers. Clearly MVP. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Anthony Davis, Giannis in that clear cut position, putting up similar numbers. MVP. Like we don't even just debate it. I don't think it's a d- debate. I think James Harden. I don't want to. I almost think he should be unanimous. Like, I, yeah. I, maybe I wouldn't put it fully unanimous, but like, it should be close. I think. You think, um, you think D'Antoni's system hurts him? You think it's the inflated numbers that people think of? Like, oh well, you know, his numbers yeah. are inflated because he plays for D'Antoni. I think people just don't like the way he plays, and in, in, you know, the foul drawing and okay. a little bit of the complaining and like you know the the inconsistent defense, which has been better this year, but like just a lot of threes and like yeah. you know he, he kind of hunts for fouls, so like. I think that just rubs people the wrong way. I think Dan Tony's system also plays into that too. So I think Harden's clear cut MVP and Rookie of the Year. I don't think is actually close. Um, <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's just what you so, define as rookie. If you think that Ben Simmons is a rookie, so my, my, he's a rookie of the so year. I think this this year is interesting only yeah. because, like, so if you look at the la- the two most recent examples of this, um, so you had Blake Griffin who who you know missed his first year. He actually, what people don't really bring up with the Blake Griffin thing is he played in the preseason. Like, Ben Simmons didn't play in the preseason last year. He got hurt in training camp. Blake Griffin played the entire preseason, yeah. got injured in the final game of preseason. preseason. Right. Uh, and I don't remember if it was the first or second half of, the, of that game. But so Blake Griffin, like, was less of a rookie than Ben Simmons right. was. And Blake Griffin, you know, had, had such a good dom- – one of the best rookie seasons, you know, uh, in, in modern history. Stole it away from Landry and, Fields. <laughs> And you know th- that so that, that was like John Wall was a rookie. Yeah, uh, Boogie Cousins was a rookie. That he was part of that class. So um, Landry Fields, who should have won it that year. I'm sorry, I'm a Nick fan. I'm a bitter Nick fan. <laughs> so, so so Blake so Blake won, but there wasn't really anyone close to Blake. It was pretty. Clear. Landry Fields was close to Blake <laughs> it Griffin. Was, <laughs> it was pretty clearly Blake Griffin. And then last year, so last year 
you had the same situation with Embiid, but Embiid played so few games right. that that kind of disqualified him. Right. Like Embiid played 31 games. If Embiid had played 50, 55 games, he I won. think Embiid would have won. That class was so weak. It, like, it, it was, really, it was yeah. really weak. Yeah. So, so this is the first time where we have a rookie who missed the season where they kind of have someone who actually has a, has a case. Like, yeah. you can make a case for Donovan Mitchell. My, my you know, argument against it would be, what, you know, looking at the two, what does Donovan Mitchell do better than Ben Simmons? Okay, he's a better scorer. Yep. He's a better shooter, right? Like, that, that's indisputable. He, he better both of those things. But that, everything else, it. Ben Simmons is potentially an all-defensive player as a rookie, which is insane. Yeah. And he's already a top 10, if not top 5 passer in the league yep. as a rookie. And, you know, he's all like already all-around guys. You probably put Westbrook... And, and LeBron ahead of him. And then he's right there as third of just like an all around, like, you know, getting triple doubles and just kind of, and then that's kind of arbitrary. Like we, we right. you know, we don't want to give too much uh, power to that. But at the same time, like he is a very positive impact on this team. You, you saw, like, look, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive that the Jazz got the four seed, especially, you know, when they're nine games under 500. It's impressive the Sixers got the three seed. Like, the Sixers won yes. 50 games. Yes. And, and yes, Embiid was a big part of that. But remember, Embiid didn't play back-to-backs, uh, you know, in the first half of the season. Embiid had minutes restrictions for most of the season. Right. Like, a lot of this was Simmons helping out and, and being kind of that, you know, it, it was a little bit... I don't know if I'd go one A one B, but like it was no, probably it, a one honestly, one two. This, but Simmons took a bigger role it, as the season went on. Exactly, and as Embiid went out, Simmons showed. Listen, this is not just Embiid. This is yeah. a lot of me. Like this is me. And to go to your point about Donovan being a better scorer, I think he is. Obviously, he has a more dynamic game yeah. scoring. But Simmons shoots fifty five percent from the field. Yeah. Like that has to count for something. And. You know when you talk about Kobe LeBron or Melo LeBron, people are like, well, Carmelo Anthony is a lethal scorer, and they don't give LeBron that title. But LeBron shoots over 50%. Carmelo Anthony, these guys, they shoot in the low 40s. That has to count for something. Shot selection has to count for something. Yes, Ben Simmons doesn't typically – he can't score like Donovan Mitchell, and maybe he doesn't have as dynamic as an arsenal, as someone would say, scoring the basketball. But he shoots 55%, which means he's taking good shots, and when he's shooting the ball, he's making it in. He's creating for other people. He's making his teammates around him better. There's not a lot of bad to go with his game. And I think people look at the fact that he's limited offensively. Not even, I wouldn't even say he's limited offensively. He just offensive. can't shoot three. That, that's really all it is. But when you're shooting 55%, you're, not, you're really not doing anything bad. What are, you, what are you doing that's hurting your team when you're shooting 55%? Well, so he, he's not a great free throw shooter. That's the other thing. That's good. Um, that, that's a good point. But, but, but like, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at um, – I'm looking at right now the, their stats on basketball reference. Okay. So true shooting percentage, which basically combines your field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage. Despite Simmons not making threes or free throws, <laughs> he still has a higher true shooting percentage. So Mitchell's at 54%, which is, I think, league average is 55, so he's yeah. a percent below league average. Uh, Simmons is right there at, like, 56%, so 2% higher, a little bit above league average. And that's with him making 56% right. of his free throws. So you get that up to, like, 70 75%. You're looking at him maybe at, like, 58 59 which is almost elite. Uh, and then just looking at everything, like rebound percentage, assist percentage, uh, Simmons is double over double Mitchell. Like that's the thing. Mitchell, look, so he's averaging 20, 20 and a half points, which is nice. Um, how, he's how, not even giving you four rebounds or four assists a game. Uh, in in 
you know, basically the same exact minutes as Simmons, where Simmons is giving you eight and eight. And so what is he like, shooting for the field? It's like 42, 43%, uh, right? So he, he's at 43.7%. So yeah. almost 44. That's solid. Yeah. Uh, but only 34% from three, which is below league average, which is uh, 36%. Right. So usage, Simmons has a uh, 7% higher usage, which is a pretty big difference. Yeah. And looking at win shares, win shares for 48, uh, box plus minus, like all this different stuff, Simmons is, is over double him. So to me, it's like you're talking about in most seasons, Donovan Mitchell is having a really good rookie season. Yeah. Ben Simmons is having, like, he's arguably a top 20, if not top 15 player right now. Like, he might make All-NBA, uh, which is insane for Did a rookie. Did he make the All-Star game? Yeah. Because, like, he's, a, because he's a rookie. And, and that was a joke. Like, yeah. you saw uh, putting Dragic and Kemba over over Ben Simmons was, was you know, that the league should be, emba- like, the league should be embarrassed about that. That was a joke. Uh, right. Ben Simmons is better than both of those guys. Um and 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 the thing that you know isn't really captured here is defensively. Like he can pretty much guard one through five, at least one through four. Yeah. Uh, he, you know he he he's the closest thing to LeBron I think we've seen since LeBron, and and that's that's insane. Like he has got the size. He, 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 he has he's he, not, he has a length. I don't know if he has. The, he's not. He, he doesn't, doesn't have, have the, the build or, or the free. Like he's freakishly athletic, but like LeBron. I mean, you know, peak peak LeBron, like 08, 09, 2010. Like that guy was just yeah. You know, dunking on Kevin Garnett in like in half court sets and yeah. like just freak. Um, so so he doesn't have that, but the vision. Uh, remember, LeBron couldn't really shoot. I mean, he was a better shooter than like Ben Simmons. Literally, no, but that was not he's zero for eleven on threes in, for the season. Like that's. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, you can't shoot three, so I don't. But shoot that's another thing. He, he yeah. plays within his limitations. Where yeah. for me, the thing with Mitchell that that you know, again, our theme here has been we don't love isolation players. Like Mitchell, I think kind of goes into that mode, and he it's almost like a Westbrook mode of like I don't care if I have to take thirty shots. If I have to take 30 shots and, you know, so I think a lot of people will see his, his lines like, oh, Mitchell had like 25 and six tonight. Well, he took 27 shots. So like what, you know, exactly. It's not that impressive. <laughs> to get 20, like a oh lot of a, a lot Car- of Carmelo Anthony effect. A lot of players can get in the yes. league can get 25 it, points it, and 27 it, it, shots. If you shoot 25 times. You should get 20 at least what? You shoot 25 you shoot times. In the 30s, close to so 40. You shoot 45 percent, 50 percent. You should get that's 12 field goals. That's 24 points right there. You get to line a couple times. You should, you should be getting at least low 30s, mid 30s. Clearly not math majors here. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like the point being, like Mitchell's having a very solid, good rookie season. You know, put him against most rookies in the past like decade, you'd probably go 50 50. Like it'd, it'd be kind of either or, like who you pick. Simmons is having one, one of the best rookie seasons. Um, in, in memory, like he's averaging two steals a game, like that. That he's just Simmons is just better. Like it, it, yeah, it's dumb to me that there's this debate going on. Um, you know, I, I I think it's clearly Simmons, and I, I think what it is is, uh, you know, the style of play Mitchell kind of has that alpha dog Westbrook like Dwayne Wade type yeah. of you know I'm 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 small I'm attacking the rim I'm I'm flashy you know with the, his his dunking and stuff like. So pe- people like that, and then kind of builds this like he's like a bulldog right. like, narrative. They love that, and then people love that. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a similar thing where it it almost reminds me in in some ways, which is funny because Ben Simmons is the one putting up triple doubles, but it reminds me of the Westbrook Harden thing where um, you know I think people kind of get into the narrative of. Uh, you know, kind of the narratives on Mitchell's side a little bit. Yeah. But to me, it's like clearly Simmons, Simmons has been the better player. I agree. And I think this is more black and white than Harden Westbrook. Anyway. 
All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day and uh, being the first guest on The Dime. Where can people follow you, man, on Twitter and Instagram if they want to catch you on social media or if they want to read some of your stuff that you have for ESPN? Yeah, so uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. On Facebook, Jovan Buha NBA, so J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A NBA. Uh, that's that's my Facebook page, um, and, and yeah, so uh, I'm kind of sad the season's over for me. Yeah, uh, the LA team's out of the playoffs, but uh, looking forward to the postseason. We we got a great one. Golden State San Antonio is the first game of the playoffs. Nice, that's nice. gonna be fun on Saturday. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate being the first guest and. This was fun. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. You can follow The Dime at The Dime NBA on Twitter. Give the show five stars on iTunes. And please leave a comment or review saying how much you love this podcast. Call into The Dime hotline and leave a question or comment to be aired on the show. 805-826-3463. My next guest will be Mike Rippey of AfterBuzz TV. Thanks for joining us. I will see you probably Monday, Tuesday. We're not going to have a set schedule. I think we're going to go with whenever something dope happens in the playoffs. Might have to do one of those Ben Simmons types. Not, not Ben Simmons. Bill Simmons type things where he's like, you know what? Got to get a podcast up. Someone do one. So I'll keep you updated with the schedule. Make sure to follow on Twitter at the Dime NBA. Thank you for listening. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.